Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen it's time to get naked and jump in the pool while listening to Under Pressure by Queen again. It's Mike and my go to the movies. Uh, I'm Mike Smith, and joining me, as always, is a cyborg vampire who took kickboxing classes. Mike Tricia. How'd you do, Mike? Uh, I'm doing real good. It's, it's, uh, it's a loosey-goosey Mike makes Mike watch episode here. We're drinking beers. I was laid off today, so if you want to support the show, you can do that at our Kofi page, Mike and Mike. I, I, I was surprised you said I'm feeling real good. <laughs> Considering the news. <laughs> Considering the news. Um, that's uh, Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Uh, if you want to donate and support the show, you could buy an episode. You could uh, give me money. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever Do whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. You know, it's your heart's content. Um, exactly. But other than that, I'm fine. You know, just trying to survive. I'm glad it was podcast night so we can just like, th- like business as usual so far, you know? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the only the only real difference is you're having a beer and I'm having one in solidarity with you. Yes. Uh, so yes, uh, we're all sorry to hear about your recent woes, Mike, um, but people can donate at the Kofi page and they should uh, because Mike Crescio deserves money. And also, if you want to offer Mike D a job, you can do that too. <laughs> yes. Put, put that in the notes of the Kofi donation. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you wanted to offer me a job uh, at Mike and Mike Pod, no, at, at MD Film Blog. There we go. Got there it. you go. Right, you, could, you could do it at Mike and Mike Pod, and you could probably you could get it that way too. Like, yeah, it's either way. <laughs> I'm available, is what I'm saying. Exactly. You got some time on your hands. Uh, yeah, at, at this moment. But yeah. Anyway, basically, what we're doing today is a general Mike makes Mike watch uh, in the in the days before Mike's news. Uh, you know, we had a, a decision where we were going to make each other uh, watch stuff, and uh, so. I made you watch a movie. You made me watch a movie. Uh, I made you watch World's Greatest Dad, which uh, is a Robin Williams movie directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. Came out in 2009, uh, a dark comedy that uh, I have really loved for a very long time. I've not watched it in a while. I didn't. I didn't get the chance to watch it before this podcast. Uh, so I just kind of made you watch it, and we'll talk about it. Uh, you made me watch Nights from 1993, directed by Albert Pune. Uh, who uh, this is the second time you made me watch an Albert Pune movie, uh, and I think you're doing this mostly just. To so you can also watch Albert Pune movies, right? Is that what's going on? I, yeah, I'm trying to become a Pune head, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to do it by way of you and content on, yes. on the podcast. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And any way you can monetize that, that's a, that's definitely a feasible Yes, <laughs> it's a feasible option. Uh, so we're going to be talking about both of those movies today. Uh, and then, yeah, we're going to get into it. But first, got to tell you, all the theme songs you're going to hear this episode uh, were created by Kyle Cullen. You can reach your own theme songs at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Mac V, whose art you can find at Fearless Guard on Twitter. And if you ever want to contact us for something we did in the show, tweet us. Tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. And like Mike said, if you ever want to make a donation, head to our Kofi page, give Mike some money. And for $50, you can make us watch any movie you want. That's right. I'll be your, your personal podcast bully for $50. <laughs> We've already been doing that. And now more than ever, we can do, <laughs> we can do that. 
So, of course, in recent months, we watched uh, Stalag 17 for 50 bucks. We have watched uh, uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Remember we did that last yes, year? Yes, that's right. Uh, and then uh, in the last couple of weeks, we uh, ended up doing two episodes in a row of Dungeons and Dragons from 2000 and uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Uh, somebody donated uh, $100 to make us watch both those movies. Uh, so, yeah, 50 bucks. Any movie you want. That's, uh, that's all it takes. So go to the Kofi page. Do that. And uh, that will help support Mike D in this trying time. <laughs> that's right. Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> It's just pictures of you with like a Sarah McLachlan song uh, yeah. in the in the background <laughs> on our Kofi page. Exactly. You get it. Uh, yes. But today we are talking about World's Greatest Dad and Nights for a Mike Makes Mike Watch. So Mike D, which one of these would you like to talk about first? Oh, man. I guess I guess if we're going to try and double feature these, which I don't really know how you could. What, they, what These are pretty different movies. What thematic connection could you have? Um, yeah. Other than, I guess, just like a, a, a general desperation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess let's talk about Nights first. Okay, we'll talk about Nights first. I will say, I, I had a couple of like really good fitting double features recently. Uh, I mentioned this one on the Nicolas Cage podcast, which we just recorded, Renfield. I did a double feature of Evil Dead Rise and Renfield, which ended up being a very fun, very bloody double feature. Uh, but the day before that... Uh, I watched The Driver uh, for Inferno of Danger at the Roxy uh, from 1978, which you talked about on our discussions last week because you also watched that. Yes. Uh, I got to see it at the Roxy. Such great movie. I mean, I, I was rewatching it. It was my second time watching it, but like it, it completely like, unlocked the movie for me. Like I had seen it before, thought it was good. Now I'm like, this is a masterpiece. This is yeah. so good. Uh, but uh, anyway, I watched The Driver, and then when I came home, I ended up watching The Mechanic from 1972 nice. uh, with Charles Bronson uh, as a hitman. And so it kind of kept these 70s action thrills going uh, in that movie. Uh, the reason I watched that is because uh, in about a month or so on the Michelle Yeoh podcast, we're going to be talking about Mechanic Resurrection, uh, which is the sequel to the remake of The Mechanic. With Jason Statham? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, and so I was like, well, I should watch the original Mechanic, and then I should watch the remake, and then I can watch Mechanic Resurrection. So I, I can do a whole project about it i have enough context for this yeah uh but i ended up doing the driver and the mechanic which even just the titles are like thematically similar uh <laughs> and uh yeah it was super fun it's uh charles bronson and jan michael vincent and uh, it's a good time <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah i wanted to throw that out there but yeah so we uh, what i'm saying is we have the potential to do really good double features and instead here's knights and world's greatest death <laughs> 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 uh so let's get into it it's time to talk about knights
All right, that was in the trailer for Nights from 1993, directed by Albert Pune, uh, starring Kathy Long, Chris Christopherson, and Lance Henriksen, among others. Mike D, I was not really that familiar with Nights. I think I had seen maybe like a tweet or something about it when Albert Pune died, uh, because a lot of the Albert Pune movies kind of saw like, oh man, I, I loved, you know, Nemesis was the previous movie you've made me watch uh, on this yeah. podcast. A lot of love for Nemesis, a lot of love for uh, his Captain America movie. There's a lot of love for like various other Albert Pune joints. And I think I saw like, you know, an appreciation for Nights uh, at, at some point or another when Albert Pune died. Why is it that you wanted to make me watch Nights? Basically, because I think it was uh, Ben David Grabinski who I saw a tweet about this um, after Albert Pune died, where I think, you know, there's a big resurgence or rediscovery of a lot of his movies kind of thing going on at the time. And yeah, I think Ben David Grabinski tweeted just like, this is a, a movie about like warriors versus cyborgs or whatever it says on the poster shot in monument valley starring chris christopherson and lance hendrickson directed by albert pune and stunts by chad or with stunts by chad stahelski or something um and i was like that's a lot of my favorite words (laughs) we'll see how these all come together so i kind of just threw it on like my watch list for me and then we were sort of like hey, let's have this, you know, we're going to plan out our 12 months of Mike Makes Mike Watch things. Right. And I was looking through stuff that I, I was like, I got to find shit that Mike hasn't seen. <laughs> um, and I was like, I bet he probably hasn't seen Nights. And like, you were correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really I, I really haven't seen any of the Albert Pune movies outside of this nemesis now. Um, you know, and uh, that is like a huge cinematic blind spot for me as somebody who now hosts a series of great action movies. Uh, yeah. I feel like I should watch more Albert Pune stuff. Yeah, I mean, me too, honestly. I haven't really, I think these are the only two that I've seen that I'm conscious of. I might have seen them at some point by accident or whatever. Um, but yeah, really doing the uh, Michelle Yeoh season of the podcast and watching a lot of those Hong Kong movies and Wuja movies and stuff from the 80s and 90s was like, holy shit, I think I actually really love these kind of things. So this is maybe the kind of down and dirty direct-to-video version of a lot of that stuff, but I'm I've really like Nemesis. I like Nights, so I'll be interested to see what you had to say about Nights. Yeah, I enjoyed Nights. That was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's an all right time. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the movie does have the strength of having Chris Christopherson and Lance Henriksen being like these dueling cyborgs yeah. uh, that are in the movie, and that's super fun. I think conceptually, the movie is also really fun. Like just the idea that, you know, we're sort of in this like sort of dystopian post-apocalyptic near future, right? Where humanity has created all these cyborgs and now cyborgs have like, you know, outstripped humanity. Like, and now these cyborgs have become like self-aware, they're sentient and they sort of become vampires where they run on the blood of humans. So now, so now there's like, you know, packs of roving vampire cyborgs that are just like out in the desert, uh, just attacking humans for their blood so that they can feed. And that concept, just a plus 10 out of 10 love that and then you have the uh, the actual story of the movie which is that this uh this cyborg gabriel chris christopherson he uh ends up rescuing nia who uh is like this the, the main character of the movie essentially played by uh kathy long who is like a kickboxer mixed martial artist right all that kind of yeah. stuff and he trains her to become a cyborg killer and help him because he's like created to destroy all the other cyborgs. But he only has like a very limited time to do it. Like I want, he has like a year to fulfill his mission 
and then he will be like decommissioned, right? Yeah, he'll run out of fuel or whatever it is, yeah. Right, and so he's like going and he's like challenging the cyborg leader, Job, played by Lance Henriksen, and it's really just, the movie is one great action scene in the beginning where he saves uh, Nia and it's him versus this other cyborg, Simon, and that's a great yeah. fight between the two of them. And then it's a lot of him and Nia in the desert training, and then there's a big fight scene at the end, and then the movie's over. Yeah. Right? I you mean, get it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I, th- I think Nights, for the most part, is like a pretty goofy, fun, like, I watched it at on Sunday at 2 p.m. after a really long weekend with a bunch of friends where I was, like, completely exhausted and just, like, yeah. socially wiped out. Uh, and my one other friend that was home on the Discord that I'm always hanging out in, uh, he was the same thing. He, like, officiated a wedding, and he was hungover. And I was like, hey, man, you want to just watch this movie? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and so it was just like, we didn't talk. We just kind of hung out and watched this kind of cool action movie type thing and it's like that it's like a TNT on mute type vibe uh, throughout this movie but it's cool like it's you know the the fights are cool when there are fights I think the story is awesome like you said conceptually maybe not an execution so much but Kathy Long is pretty good in the fights when she gets to do that kind of stuff because like you said it's like a a Cynthia Rothrock situation like a a world champion MMA or or kickboxer or whatever Um, so she's cool in the fight scenes and yeah, like it's you know it's a two p.m. on a Sunday kind of movie, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think it perfectly delivers on on the thrills you want from that. Yeah, uh, I, and you know, Kathy Long I think is really fun in this movie. You know, both in her performance and also like when she gets to fight, she's yeah. great. She's really fun. Uh, this is one of her first films. Uh, she did pop up in a couple other movies, including uh, Natural Born Killers. Uh, she oh. plays female deputy kicking Mickey, uncredited. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. And she's also uh, in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. She plays the kickboxing instructor. So she had a couple of like, you know, big, big movie credits to her name. Um, yeah. But uh, but really, and so you have that and you have that that aspect of it where you have this like real mixed martial artist doing all these fights, which is fun. And then you have like the great character actors of Chris Christopherson and Lance Henriksen doing their thing and they're chewing the scenery and that's super fun too. Yeah, and I love the whole added like gravitas of all the cyborgs being like biblical names like Gabriel and Job and right. like the whole like we are the next evolution of creation kind of thing going on throughout this movie. And it's just like dudes throwing stuff swords at each other you know, like mixed in with that it's, it's for it's a fun time um yeah. in particular the scene the the moment towards the end where it's a uh, kathy long carrying half of a chris christopherson body dummy like a dummy in her backpack yeah uh, and then every now and then it's a close-up of chris christopherson like hacha, hacha, with a sword. that is pretty great <laughs> that uh, i was a big great. fan of that yes uh so so goofy and so fun uh also want to mention that this movie kind of sets up like an idea for a sequel that just like never never happened i don't think man um this uh, movie gets to a cliffhanger with five minutes left in it and yeah. they're like what if we solve it in voiceover <laughs> <You're> like what <laughs> but they don't even so- do, they, do they say like i found my brother they don't they just say we're going off in search of my brother right and that's i think that's it, it i think they say something like it, it would take us to the stars or something like like it like yeah or to universes beyond ours or something like there's some kind of implication that like it has already happened and it's done but yeah there's just like a voiceover like right we saved my brother eventually in another movie that you're not gonna see <laughs> <laughs> like what that, that is because it's set up as like the entire background of her character right yeah. like N- Nia is like he, she's lost her brother she thinks the cyborgs have taken him or whatever and she's looking for her brother and then the movie takes her to like this you know cyborg camp led by Job Lance Henriksen and yeah then she defeats a bunch of cyborgs and then the movie's over before they find her brother (laughs) well they find her brother and then one of them steals him and hang glides off the side of the mountain with him (laughs) 
<laughs> like literally, my people need me. Whoosh. You are and right. He va- yes. <laughs> he vanishes out of the movie. And you're like, how, there how much time is left? It's five minutes. And then, yeah, there's just like, a, eventually we would fi- save my brother beyond the stars. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And it does make you wonder, like, were they, like, when they were filming it, did they plan on, like, maybe doing a sequel? And then, like, in the editing, they were like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, it's very strange. It's, it's very, very strange. Yeah. Other other random stuff about nights. I don't, I, it's, it's a weird thing to, like, there's not that much meat to this movie. There's not, like, that much to talk about. No. Other it's than like just, a, like, what a crazy premise this is. Yeah, and it's like a 80 minutes or 90 minutes or something like that. Yeah. The shitty bootleg version we watched randomly switches to French a couple times. Uh, yes. And I thought that was, I think there's like just French actors in this movie that are speaking French. Um, I but it think does, it's a dub. I think it's like a random French dub cuts in. Okay. And maybe that could, that could possibly be what happens. I don't know. Uh, but, and, and we should say, uh, this movie, you know, we had like, we watched it both on this, like, you know, extra legal means, whatever, because it's not available anywhere. Like it's yeah. actually like, it's. I mean, you, you know, you might watch it on your on your own, whatever way. But like, normally, a lot of this stuff is available to rent on Amazon or something or whatever. And this one's just like not available to rent. It's not available to stream. I'm sure the DVD copy is out of print. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If uh, so, this one's like not an easily accessible movie. Yeah, I think this this the version we watched. I, I think was a DVD rip, but it might have been like a VHS transfer because it's in four three. It's like the whole thing. But I think it looked a little bit better than VHS would have looked. But yeah, I don't know. That while I was watching, it, I was like, this feels like it's either like on Tubi or. Or something um or right uh, but i don't really know um once i found this version of it but yeah I, I can tell you that like just going to just watch uh the app that tells you where things are streaming uh which pe- more people should know about it's a terrific app uh, yeah <laughs> um just going to that like it didn't say like it just said it's not available anywhere it's wow. this, it's not easily accessible so uh yeah kind of crazy that nights is just like almost erased from existence but hopefully it pops up on streaming somewhere at some point uh because it is something that i think people should see it's it's just truly wild and if you're a fan of lance hendrickson and chris christopherson good enough reason i mean that's that's good enough reason to watch it you know yeah lance hendrickson as the villain is just like full psycho (laughs) yeah that's all it's always a good casting decision to have lance hendrickson in your movie you know yeah absolutely (laughs) um with his weird like long claw arm thing going on uh and the like need to constantly cool the cyborgs right and they're like just always spitting up water and blood and all this weird gross shit going on um very strange and then of course all the all the um prosthetics or, or or um practical effects rather uh with all the cyborgs and stuff where they're you know in these big long fight scenes and then when they stab them in the face their like heads explode and stuff and it looks really cool and right and um chris Gustafsson being cut in half looks really cool it's like some shit from uh tetsuo <laughs> you know with like all the <laughs> yes. stuff hanging out of them so yeah i don't know it was, pretty, it was i think it's a little bit more you know a little got a little bit more going for it than you might think going in Exactly. I also think it's interesting uh, how obsessed Albert Pune seems to be with cyborgs, who is, which is also a big thing in, the, in Nemesis and the whole Nemesis series, which he directed the first four of. He also directed the movie Cyborg uh, with Jean-Claude Van Damme, which right. is probably that's probably the big Albert Pune movie that I haven't seen. Uh, that's probably a, a, like I'm looking at his filmography right now. And like of all of them, I feel like Cyborg's the one that where I could like, oh, I can like picture the poster of that, and like I've seen it around. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that and that's also like I think a big Van Damme movie, like in in the Van Damme filmography. So yeah, Cyborg. Also, he he also directed Kickboxer too, a sequel to a Van Damme movie. Uh, so there's that. A lot of lot of Pune that I haven't seen, and I and would like to. He actually made a lot of movies. Like yeah, a there ton. are a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to have a pune section of the podcast going forward. A punathon. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that that is nights. Nice. Uh, you know, I, I I think we both enjoyed it. I think we both had yeah. a good time, right? Yeah, it's it's fun enough, you know, for its yeah. ninety minutes. Exactly. It's it's ninety minutes. It's in and out. You got Lance Hendrickson and you got Kathy Long kicking people's asses. So that was fun. Exactly. And truly, like just on the strength of its premise alone, which is cyborg vampires attacking people in a post dystopian monument valley, you know, situation. Great. High cool. recommend on that front. <laughs> cinematic as fuck yeah exactly and yeah and it's it was cool to see monument valley utilized in that way too which i think you know i've been to monument valley i was there once oh. uh and it, it was really cool to be there and like like have seen especially then i had watched like a lot of john ford westerns like in recent memory like kind of leading up to that yeah uh and i was like oh man i recognize those rocks like you know that like that kind of thing and now like, i've seen that monument valley in that context a lot like in john ford movies or yep. in like in classical westerns uh it's in back to the future three and all that stuff but uh to see it it just in something like nights which is like so low budget and so like not a studio thing uh it was kind of a cool thing kind of an interesting like kind of change of pace you know yeah yeah the the opposite ends of the uh you know cinema spectrum sort of so to speak where it's just like yeah this could be this um you know prestige canon movie of the canon like stagecoach or something like that yeah and also cyborgs <laughs> or knights exactly. uh, <laughs> um, it was cool as hell yeah and also knights uh so there you go that is knights uh directed by albert pune uh the movie that i watched for the podcast this week uh and that mike also watched because he wanted to also watch it um but now it's time to talk about the movie that I made Mike watch this week, uh, World's Greatest Dad. It was raining yesterday afternoon, water dripping off the lilac bushes my mother loves, and as I sat and watched the blood pour out from between my legs and felt the pain of motherhood, I wondered if it would have been a boy or a girl. Thank you. That was very personal. Thanks. Anybody else have their haiku? My name is Lance Clayton. I'm a writer. But so far, nothing I've written has ever been published. Ernest Hemingway once said, all he wanted to do was write one true sentence. He also tried to scratch an itch in the back of his head with a shotgun. Your poetry course is not very popular. <laughs> There's poetry, sir. Does it bother you that I have male friends? Mm, not at all. Come on now, Carl, you must be passionate about something. You want to know what I like? Yeah. I like looking at vaginas oh. all day long. Just 9.30, we can go to a video store, get a movie. Are you stupid? Moves are for losers and art fags. Carl's a complex guy. Ooh, is that one being crept on? Fucking German Scheiser porn. All right, dude, it's fucking hot, right? No, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you, yo? How's Kyle been acting at home? Are you on your period or something? Does he seem normal to you? Oh, yeah. We're not to dinner tonight with Claire. What? No. If you don't act right at dinner, I'll stab you in the face. So, what do you like to do, Kyle? Nothing. You must like to do something. No. Well, Kyle doesn't like me. Oh, no. He likes you a lot. Look so good. Well, I had kind of a rough weekend. Kyle, you ruin everything. Will you just shut the fuck up? They're not kidding when they say that raising a child is the toughest job you'll ever love. I wish I like zombies. 
All right, that was in the trailer for World's Greatest Dad from 2009, uh, directed by Bobcat Goldthwait, starring Robin Williams, Daryl Sabera, Alexi Gilmore, Jeff Pearson, Henry Simmons, and more. And Mike D, I made you watch World's Greatest Dad. I feel like this is a movie that I've been telling you to watch for a long time, right? Yeah, and this is a, a big uh, producer Colin movie, too. He's a big fan of this movie. Is he really? I didn't know that. Yes, yeah. And just sort of in general, this is a movie that I think a lot of people talk about as like a kind of forgotten Robin Williams movie, uh, which makes sense for a Bobcat Goldthwait movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bobcat Goldthwait, pretty good director. Um, pretty good director. I've only seen one other movie that I know is his off the top of my head. Was it God Bless America? Yes, it was. Okay. That is a movie that I feel like I liked at the time. I'm not sure how much I would like it now. Yeah, uh, same. <laughs> honest, I had the same exact thought when I was thinking about it. Yes, um, um, but I, but I, he did other. I, I, he also did a movie called uh, Shakes the Clown, which I uh, liked quite a bit. Uh, that was like I think his first movie as a director. Um, but that that was like in the early '90s, like a dark comedy where Bobcat Goldthwait plays like a birthday party clown with depression, and he's framed for murder. Um, <laughs> and then like different communities of these like clowns and mimes, these other people they kind of all come in. And there's like these different subcultures of clowns. Robin Williams makes a cameo in it because he and Bob mm. Goldthwait go way back. Tom Kenny is the villain of the movie uh, and it's a delight. It's really I, fun. I was excited when Tom Kenny shows up in, uh, in World's Greatest Dad. World's Greatest Dad, yeah. Yes. And yeah, and I feel like I wanted to make you watch this movie partially because I think it's great uh, and I think a super underrated uh, Robin Williams performance and I think of really like a really different Robin Williams performance uh, and a different kind of movie than he was making in at this period in his career. Because uh, at this point, you know, 2009, Robin Williams is like largely doing, you know, the occasional maybe drama or whatever, but it's a lot of stuff like, you know, Night at the Museum, you know, like right, that, right. that's like the era of Robin Williams that we're in right now. And out comes World's Greatest Dad, which is one of like the bleakest, darkest comedies. Yes. <laughs> like truly. Uh, and so it's been a few years since I've watched it, but I can tell you that the, I think the last time I saw this movie uh, was the day I found out Robin Williams died. And I, it was one of those things where I had seen it like once or twice before that uh, and really loved it. And when Robin Williams died, like, you know, some people were going to the Internet and being like, oh, I'm going to watch Jumanji tonight in his honor or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, man, I, I, I really want to just like sink into the depression here and watch World's Greatest Dad. And so I did. Uh, and that's uh, and that's what I did. Um, and and that was the last time I've watched this movie. Uh, so it's been um, that was like 2014. So it's it's been almost nine years uh, since I've seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. I wanted to rewatch it again um, before this podcast, but didn't get the chance to. I do have it on Blu-ray. I bought it on Blu-ray a little while back, uh, so I plan to rewatch it at some point. Um, but what did you think, Mike, of World's Greatest Dad? Yeah, World's Greatest Dad is really great. It's definitely the wildest. Uh, well, not I mean, it's actually the most subdued Robin Williams performance, but wildest in terms of context and everything sure. like you were just saying in comparison. I always I always mix up like Man of the Year and World's Greatest Dad in my mind. <laughs> Which, of course, we have covered Man of the Year on the Goldblum podcast. Yes, yeah. Uh, so I was very confused when that happened on the GoBoom. I was like, isn't this the other kind? Oh, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> but even that movie, uh, which I don't remember what year that came out, Man of the Year. That was 06. 06. So like kind of in the lead up to this, but that has the manic, you know, he's playing the late night host. He's doing the Robin Williams thing, even though, but also dr- dramatic stuff because he's running for president. But to see World's Greatest Dad and it is just drama, like it is just a, a straight ahead, like depressed husband, of course, very funny still with like one liners and zingers and stuff like that but no yeah. it's not the genie you know from aladdin none of that's going <laughs> right. on yeah 
And I was also shocked by how much the character, his son's character, uh, was in the movie because when I every time I hear this movie, it's about it's said, oh, this is the movie where he finds his son dead from autoerotic asphyxiation and he fakes the suicide note, yeah. right? And then that kind of spirals out from there. Uh, and that is, but it's like that's like. 45 that's like half of the movie before that happens yeah. so the movie, the movie spends a really long time making sure you know his son is the biggest piece of shit ever <laughs> making sure you are absolutely overjoyed when his son dies um <laughs> which is crazy i spent the whole first half of this movie being like when does this kid fucking die uh, yeah <laughs> which is a wild thing to experience during a movie <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, and then of course, yeah, he does, he, he writes, he stages it so it looks like an actual suicide. He writes this note, it gets published in the student newspaper, and uh, it kind of spirals from there. It's like a Dear Evan Hansen thing or whatever. Um, yeah, this was the original Dear Evan Hansen. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he writes a journal and, all, and uh, you know, blah, 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 and it kind of gets out of control and <laughs> culminates in a last chef's kiss, Bruce Hornsby cameo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wonderful all right because it's like a bit in the movie where like he says his son was a big fan of bruce hornsby or something right was yeah yeah well he's driving to school in the beginning of the movie with listening to bruce hornsby and his son is like turn this shit off i hate bruce hornsby blah 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 and then later on everyone's like what's his who, who is his favorite band and robin williams is like oh bruce hornsby and it just becomes a thing and it snowballs and snowballs and then eventually at the like library renaming ceremony <laughs> Bruce Hornsby shows up <laughs> to perform a song for his son, uh, which is hilarious because I've seen Bruce Hornsby before uh, live, and nice. like I'm kind of into Bruce Hornsby. It's pretty very, great. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Hornsby's great. I almost saw Bruce Hornsby in Missoula like two years ago, or, or three, uh, maybe not two years ago, like a, a while back. Uh, but it rained the night uh, night of the show, and ah. my, tic- my tickets were free, and I was like. <sighs> I don't know if I want to go out in the rain. Fair. I saw him uh, in Troy, in all, uh, you know, in upstate uh, New York at the uh, Troy Savings Bank Theater, which is just literally the second floor of <laughs> a bank. It's very weird. Nice. Uh, and it was really great. Really great show. Cool. Uh, check out check out Bruce Hornsby. Um, but yeah, World's Greatest Dad. Fucked up movie. Really great. Uh, and, and, and having only seen God Bless America, I remember that being also a very fucked up movie. Where it's basically like this guy and this high school girl go on a murder spree of reality stars or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it was, you know, it was an edge. It, like, it kind of feels like a product of like, you know, maybe early 2010s edgelord internet humor, uh, something like that. I mean, I, I haven't watched God Bless America in at least 10 years. It's been a long time. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that's like, if I remember right, they're like like liberals mad at like the redneck reality star like duck dynasty type shit and they kind of like snap and he or the guy main guy snaps and he like somehow talks this high school girl into joining him yeah it's uh so i'm looking up the uh the movie right now on wikipedia and yeah it's uh, a middle-aged man and a teenage girl go on a killing spree after bonding over their disgust of what u.s culture has become in a post 9-11 world yeah uh and so their targets include you know far right you know conservative media types right like media personalities things like that but it also includes just like reality stars yeah uh, and all that. And so, and I feel like I remember thinking it was like really funny and good at the time. I would be really curious to watch it again to see how it handles all of that. Cause I feel like a lot of it's probably in like really bad taste. I'm sure it is. Yeah. And just with the whole like, you know, mass shooting of it all <laughs> um, right, in the last yeah. 10 years, which, which the movie is like, you know, deliberately satirizing, right? Absolutely, I mean, that, that, yeah. that was, you know, a, as much a problem 10 years ago as it is now. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's more so now, but like there was still a very big problem.
problem back then. Uh, and so the movie's like deliberately satirizing that. And I, I, the one thing I do distinctly remember from God Bless America, for whatever reason, this joke like always stuck out to me because I did think this was pretty funny, was when I think they're like about to kill like you know, whatever, like, you know, right wing talk show host or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's, and he's, and he's like, oh, you, you're just doing this because you disagree with me because of my beliefs, whatever. And then Joel Murray's character is like, it's like, I don't disagree with you on everything. I think, uh, I think sometimes I agree with you on stuff. And the guy's like, really? And he's like, yeah. And then he shoots him. And then the girl's like, it's like, wait, what do you agree with this piece of shit about? Less gun control. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember thinking that was pretty funny. That was pretty pretty good. (laughs) Um, So Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm vaguely familiar with Bobcat Goldthwait's uh, directorial output. And I can't remember. He's in all the Police Academy movies, right? Or yeah, he's, yeah, he's the, the wacky voice guy from the Police Academies. Yeah. That's, that's, that like, was his whole thing. That was his whole shtick. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, vaguely familiar with his, like, comedic output also as an actor and stuff. Yeah. Um, he's also in Hercules. He's the voice of Pain, I think. Either Pain or Panic. He's one of those. Like, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's right. But I you know, I was trying to think of other Robin Williams performances that are quite li- that are like this and I don't I haven't seen a ton of his like dramatic stuff off the top of my head, but I think obviously, you know, like Dead Poet Society I think is like deliberately being spoofed in this or referenced sure. where he is the poetry teacher at this high school that has yeah. four people in the class, nobody wants to get up and read. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, except for the one kid who <laughs> reads the lyrics to Under Pressure, uh trying to pass it off as his poem. <laughs> Which is very funny. And he's like, I'm white. Of course I know that song. And the kid's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny. Um, And yeah, and and I think the whole relationship between Robin Williams and other teacher, the woman... um, like his love interest in the movie, right? Yes. Yeah. They're having like a secret, it's not an affair, secret relationship just because like they're both teachers. They're not supposed to be in a relationship together and uh, they have like nothing in common. And for him, he's like in love with her, but for her, it's like casual. And she starts like seeing this other teacher and all this stuff. And he sort of uses like the the suicide note notoriety to like win her back and like all this stuff. And you're like, you're just a terrible, everybody's terrible in this movie, except for um, the old lady next door who just wants to eat pop brownies and watch Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> she fucking rules. That that friendship is like amazing. It's um, so pure. Yeah, it's great. Genuinely pure. And also the relationship with uh, Robin Williams' character and his son's best friend, Andrew, where Andrew sort of just like wants to be friends with him throughout the movie. And then of course, when everything's going on, he like sort of like immediately recognizes that that uh, the son didn't write this stuff. Uh, yeah, but like it's kind of just event. Like once it all comes out, and and uh, Robin Williams like admits it at the library renaming ceremony. He's like, "You all fucking hated my son. You all suck." I wrote the suicide note in the journals and drops the bike and walks away. Basically, yeah. um, and Andrew comes back and it's just like. Can you cook? Can you make me a grilled cheese? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like he's got he's got a really bad home life and all that stuff. And then it just, right. just that that final moment at the end where it's Robin Williams, the next door late, the lady next door, and Andrew eating pot brownies and watching Night of the Living Dead. Yep. It's like they're gonna be okay. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. They kind of like have this like found family that's created out of you know the events of this movie, and it's weird to compare this. You haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen, right? No, I have not. I'm vaguely okay. aware of the plot of it. That's why okay. I said that. Yeah, I, I I have seen the movie Dear Evan Hansen. Um, mm. I've never seen the play, but I've I've listened to the, some of the songs. Like, there's some decent songs in there. Uh, movie I was not a fan of, uh, and I think part of that, like uh, when the trailer for Dear Evan Hansen dropped. 
I, along with many other people, found out what the premise of Dear Evan Hansen oh, was. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, boy. No, yeah. No, I knew it was like a big show. Or you know what? I think I had found out like a little bit earlier because a friend of mine went to go see it or something. Yeah. Um, but it was like, you know, around the time that the trailer came out, just like everybody, it seemed like a lot of people like realized what this show was about and what this movie was going to be about. And Dear Evan Hansen is about a kid who kills himself, mm-hmm. uh, right? And this kid, Evan Hansen, who ends up like kind of pretending to have been his best friend and like, you know, writes this note, this like suicide note and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's just the plot of World's Greatest Dad. But Evan Hansen, like the movie at least, feels like it like absolves Evan Hansen of all wrongdoing at the end. Right. (laughs) You know? And what I like about World's Greatest Dad uh, is that it really doesn't. Like he just kind of accepts what a big piece of shit he is. (laughs) Yeah, he destroys (laughs) his life when he admits that, yeah. Exactly, yeah. He destroys his life and he admits that his son was a piece of shit, but he was still his son and, you know, I'm a piece of shit for exploiting this and you're all pieces of shit. Like everybody has to like revel in how shitty they've been the entire movie and then it ends. Yeah. (laughs) And, And that's why I really like world's greatest <laughs> yeah i was kind of surprised because there's the moment right he gets on the um the talk show and there's like the whole like well she's kind of like oprah <laughs> you know like right. type thing uh the like daytime talk show thing and right, she, cause he, cause he's gonna turn it into a book right like the the writings of his son or something well, so yeah he's published the quote-unquote journal of his right. son uh and there's the guy like the publishing guy who's like this could be the biggest diary since Anne frank <laughs> just <laughs> hilarious um <laughs> But they're right. So he's on the show to promote that. And the the host is saying like, your son was so introspective and like all the, and, and uh, Robin Williams is laughing, but she thinks he's crying. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, and she, he just, it's like this whole thing, like this, you know, misunderstanding that and he's like, oh yeah. And he's like wiping his eyes, but he's laughing so hard. He's crying. Like kind of thing where I thought that was going to be the moment where like it comes out that he fakes everything, but like, no, that works perfectly. And he was, he got even more attention uh, and he wants more publishers want him and all this stuff. Uh, and it takes him like literally getting up on stage and being like, fuck all of you. I wrote this stuff. Yes. P- fuck off. Fuck you. I quit. Uh, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and then yeah. running, in slow motion naked through the school to uh, under pressure off the diving board yeah one of the most like cathartic movie endings that uh, I like when I saw it I was like this is incredible like this was like this is cinema TM you know (laughs) absolutely yeah especially because uh, you know so there's a scene earlier in the movie where they go out to dinner it's him his son and uh, the lady teacher go out to dinner and it's like the first time they're like a couple in public and stuff and uh, they're talking about sports I think and and Rob Williams says like oh I used to do the dive team in in college and his son's like that's not a sport it's just falling and like him and the teacher like share a, like a making fun of laugh yeah to, to, of Robin Williams so then for him to have that moment at the end where he's just like fuck everything fuck all of you and he's <laughs> ripping his clothes off and dives off the diving board in his socks <laughs> yes <laughs> under pressure it's beautiful it's amazing um, yeah you know, and yeah, there's also that moment in the so with the old lady next door, right, where they're talking about. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it is, but they mention like, oh, how much they love zombie movies and zombies and stuff. Yeah, and then at that dinner scene with the son and the the girlfriend, they're like, oh, maybe we can like go back and rent a movie. Which anytime somebody mentions renting a movie now, it's like, whoa, whoa <laughs> what year is it? You know, <laughs> thrown backwards in time. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny. R.I.P. Netflix's disc plan, by the way, uh, which I still use, and I'm very upset that it's ending. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Make sure you get the ones for your last shipment that you can just hold on to forever. And keep That's them. my plan. I, I got to like really strategically pick what my last three DVDs are going to be so that I can just keep them. <laughs> yeah. And so they're going to rent the movie and the, the girlfriend's like, oh yeah, like as long as anything but horror movies, don't worry about it. Like, I'm fine. And he's like, well, what about zombies? 
and she's like, oh no. And he's there's just like this one moment where like his entire body drops, like his shoulders yeah. drop, his head. Uh, and you're just like, oh my God, my heart, Robin, like, holy shit. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they have the thing at the end where he's getting to watch the movies with the old, with the lady next door. So it's like, yes, he's got his friends. Uh, exactly. Even though she's a hoarder, he doesn't care. Exactly. Yeah. They all accept each other and yeah. all that, which is great. Uh, yeah. And also I want to give a shout out to uh, Daryl Sabera, who plays uh, his son, uh, who was Junie in the Spy Kids movies. Um, That's who that was. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I, the whole time I was like, this kid looks familiar, but I don't yes. know what from. He is, he is a, one of the titular Spy Kids in Spy Kids. And to go from those movies to play this character uh, is, I think, kind of an incredible feat. And he really like kind of dives into how awful this person is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he hates movies. He hates music. Uh, he hates everyone. All he thinks about is porn and sex and yeah. uh, gross stuff. <laughs> um, he's spying on the old lady changing next door and right. taking pictures up, up the skirt of his dad's girlfriend and like all that, you know, he's just a disgusting human. And then, you know, he dies and you're like, you're going to be better off for it. <laughs> It is really fucked up that this movie makes me think that way. Exactly, yeah. And that's, I think, kind of the strength of this movie. Um, yeah, World's Greatest Dad. Anything else about this movie, Mike, that you wanted to uh, to mention about this? Uh, anything at all? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, it really, I can't imagine this having, wa- I can't imagine having watched this the day that Robin Williams died. Um, you're a psycho. Yeah, that was a... <laughs> It was a poor decision, I think. But also, I th- like, it might be the reason why I haven't watched it in so long. Like, it just affected me so much on that day, you know? Yeah. No, but I also do understand that also, like, that impetus. Like, so like every time I watch Come and See, it's like, what am I doing to myself? Like, why am I watching right. it? Uh, I'm just going to stare at the wall for a while after this is done. But, um, man, you know, it really made me miss Robin Williams and be sad about his passing and all that. And um, it makes me want to go back and watch more of his uh, dramatic stuff. I don't know if all of it is as good as this, but... Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, you know, there's the big ones. There's Dead Poets Society. There's Goodwill Hunting, right? right? Have you seen The Fisher King? I have not seen The Fisher King. The Fisher King's really good. That's a Terry Gilliam movie that uh, Robin Williams plays a homeless man with uh, Jeff Bridges. Is Jeff Bridges in that? Yeah, I think it's Jeff Bridges. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's very good. Um, I want to yeah. check out One Hour Photo. I don't know. I, I've heard that's great. Yeah, I've that's heard, what I've, I've heard too. Yeah, I've heard One Hour Photo is great. Um, I I am probably going to do a rewatch of Insomnia later this year because I'm going to I'm going to try to I'm going to try to do a Christopher Nolan rewatch. Uh, and Insomnia has always been my least favorite Nolan movie, but I do remember thinking Robin Williams and Al Pacino are both really good in it. So cool. There's that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Other other dramatic. I'm, I'm just looking at his stuff now. I actually bought The World According to Garp on Blu-ray a while back, and I haven't uh, haven't watched that yet. I don't think I've ever seen that either. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Good Morning Vietnam. That's good. Yep, but that's yeah. got a manic thing going to it. That that that's like kind of one of the first. Uh, I think Garp is kind of tilting the drama too. But uh, Good Morning Vietnam is like a comedy drama. You know, there's yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's still the Vietnam War, but he's just a wacky radio DJ. You know, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I watched that on a plane actually, and was thoroughly entertained. Uh, wow. So there was that. You know, nine months. Who could hey, forget? Who, who could, could forget, forget that? Uh, oh, he was in Hamlet. He was in Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. That's right. He's uh, Yorick, I think. Uh, no. He plays uh, Osric. Yes. Osric. He- one of the friends. Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, but yeah, but it was like at this point, like when World's Greatest Dad came out, it was a lot of stuff like Night at the Museum. It was RV. 
uh, you know, there was Happy Feet, uh, License to Wed. Uh, it was a lot of like those kind of like, you know, like, like the big Robin Williams, like the best comedies uh, like of his career are past him. Kind of yeah. like this moment. And it's a lot of like just family comedies that are coming out. Night at the Museum was big, uh, you know, but the rest of the rest of them were kind of like, ah, yeah, take or leave kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you want to watch a depressing movie, go ahead and watch uh, World's Greatest Dad. <laughs> It's really great. High recommend. <laughs> yeah, it is very good. Uh, all right. And that, I believe, will bring us to the end of this week's episode, Mike. That is. Yeah, we did it. We made it we to the end. It. That was another Mike Makes Mike Watch. Do we know what the next Mike Makes Mike Watch is going to be? Like, Do you remember what uh, movie you had selected for me? Um, I believe it is the uh, Sandra Bullock vi- vehicle, The Net. Okay. <laughs> I think you're right. That sounds familiar. I'm trying to think of what mine was for you. Do you remember what mine was for you? I don't off the top of my head. No, I th- I'm, I'm looking through my. I'm frantically scrolling through my phone right now, looking for the list of stuff that I had given you. I think it was like late December. Here we go. I found it. Nope, wrong one. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> While you look, here's here's the plot for the net. Just to just to wet your whistle, Mike. Yes, Angela Bennett is a freelance software engineer who lives in a world of computer technology. When a cyber friend asks Bennett to debug a new game, she inadvertently becomes involved in, involved in a conspiracy that will soon turn her life upside down and make her the target. Of an assassination. Okay. All so right. And that's get sounds, fucking ready. Buckle up. Sounds pretty <laughs> rad. And uh, as I scrolled through my phone, I realized that the picture I have saved is actually the, the movies that you're making me watch. So I just saw the nets. Uh, but if I go <laughs> through my notes app, that is where it was, I think. And so if I find it here. You didn't I'm put it vamping. on Letterbox list, Mike? You fool. Uh, I'm a fool. I'm a fool. Exactly. Uh, it's going to it's gonna be showing up time, any like. second now. Kyle, you can choose to edit some of this out if you want to. <laughs> I think this is the, the the podcast purity that the listeners have come to expect. Exactly. By. Oh, no, I found it. Okay, I found it, and uh, it's a fun one. Uh, so you're going to make me watch The Net. I'm going to make you watch Piranha 3D. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, good. Which uh, which rules have you? So you haven't seen Piranha 3D? No, I've only seen the the OG Joe Dante Piranha, which we watched uh, at the Hudson Horror Show, I believe. Yes, uh, back yeah. in New York, uh, we saw Piranha together. Uh, Piranha 3D was my first exposure to the Piranha universe. <laughs> and and uh, is this different from Piranha 3 Double D? It is. Yes. Okay. So uh, Piranha 3 Double D is the sequel to Piranha 3D. I've actually yeah. never seen 3 Double D. Um, I've heard that one's not as good, but Piranha 3D uh, is directed by Alexandra Aja. Uh, who, uh, <laughs> what? Did you not know that? I don't think yeah. I knew that. Director yeah. of Crawl a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, he just did something else this year, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it was. But uh, yeah, Piranha 3D is awesome. Uh, it has Adam Scott wielding a chainsaw. Uh, it's got, I want to say, I was going to say Jess, uh, I was gonna say Jessica Biel, but it's not Jessica Biel. It's somebody else. Oh, I think it's, it might be Elizabeth Shue. Is she in Piranha 3D? Oh my God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth Shue, Adam Scott, Jerry O'Connell, Ving Rhames, Christopher Lloyd, Richard Dreyfuss, uh, Richard Dreyfuss playing his character from Jaws in what? Piranha 3D. It's uh, it's a wonderful time. Uh, and so, yeah, I look forward to making you watch that one because I think you will thoroughly enjoy it. So I'm looking, okay, here it is. I'm looking at, at Alexandra Aja, uh, Crawl, no, anyway. <laughs> I was going to say Horns, but that was a while, that was not That was a while year. back. Looks like his most recent movie was called Oxygen, which was a Netflix movie from 2021. Melanie Laurent, I think I remember this coming out, but I never watched it. Yeah, but um, High Tension is the one I was going to call attention to, which is one of those French extremity movies that I watched. Uh, okay. So, damn, if he made that, what's Piranha, what's that going to be like? Yeah, it's it's a wild time, Mike. I saw this in theaters in 3D, uh, and I can tell you the 3D is great, but you probably won't be able to watch it in 3D. You'll be able to watch it in 2D, and the 2D is still great, too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. So, yeah, next time we do a Mike Makes Mike Watch, which will be at the end of May, uh, it will be The Net and Piranha 3D. And that is the end of this week's episode of the podcast. So, Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, please do because I don't have a job. And you can do that <laughs> at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Uh, and if you want to buy some merch, you can buy merch on our Redbubble while it lasts because Redbubble are bastards and have uh, added a bunch of random fees for no reason. You are correct. You can do that at mikeandmikepods.redbubble.com. Yep, and you can find me online at uh, msmithfilmblog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to Mike Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's my decree show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. Uh, you can find the rest of our podcast in Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, but all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Uh, next week, we might stress might be doing a review of Bo is Afraid, uh, which is the new film directed by Ari Aster, uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I've heard either great things or terrible things, depending on the person you are. Uh, but mostly, I, I think I'm going to really love it. Uh, it's a new Ari Aster joint and been a big fan of Hereditary Midsummer, so I'm going to imagine that I really enjoy Bo is Afraid. So I think we're going to try to do a review of that if we can. However, it is a three-hour movie, uh, so that's going to make things a little difficult just in terms of like timing, like scheduling yeah. that out. Also, Mike Diaz to watch his money now, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Unless a benevolent listener donates money and I can't go see a movie. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> oh, man. What a groveling piece of shit I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe I was afraid. Uh, did you get a chance to listen to the A24 podcast that had Ari Aster and Joaquin Phoenix? I did not. Real good. Real okay. funny. Yeah. Mostly because it's the two like nebbishy dudes that I've ever heard ever in a podcast together. Yeah. <laughs> Just being like, oh, geez, oh, wow. <laughs> um, but very, yeah, very interesting discussions. Joaquin Phoenix is a wacko, uh, as you might have assumed. Sure. Those are good, 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 good. I recommend that podcast because it's just, they only put out episodes when it's like a new A24 movie. That makes sense. Um, and it's usually somebody involved in the movie. Um, so it's pretty cool. Nice. All right. So, yeah, maybe Bo is Afraid next week. If not, we'll just do some discussions and maybe one of us will have seen Bo is Afraid and we can talk about it. Uh, we will see what happens uh yes. in the meantime the complete works just released this episode on true legend uh, with uh, featuring michelle Yeoh in a small supporting role uh the uh, young Wu ping movie from 2010 which we both really enjoyed go check that out uh next week we're back in the cage with renfield that's right baby yes it's time uh, for nicholas cage to fulfill his prophecy and play dracula yes uh this really was he could retire after this if he wanted to. <laughs> honestly yeah <laughs> this feels like a big cinematic stepping stone for him uh so yeah we'll get back in the cage next week and that is the end of this week's episode of mike and mike go to the movies we'll see you on the other side 